experience. I've worked uh, with more than a thousand large companies and more than 10,000 small and medium-sized companies mm-hmm. over a 40-year career. And what I do when I work, like with you, I read all the information that you send me, and then we talk back and forth. And I learn from you just like you learn from me. And then I pass it on. I say sort of like well, those bucket brigades in the old days when there was a fire. I take the information, I pass it on to the next person mm. and pass it on. And so everything that I have learned is from my own practical experience and from the practical experience of other people. How many, how many hours or how much time would you think, would, would you suggest that we focus on one subject? For example, like uh, currently, let's use myself as an example. I, I really dived into uh, business financials, like uh, that, that whole part of the business part of it. Right. And I'm taking some online classes and I'm reading some books on fine. How long do you think that I need to continue that process before? I, or how do you know if you master it? Well, my, uh, there's several different ways and they're, they're usually external. But for example, if you start to learn a skill mm-hmm. and you can tell when you've mastered the skill because people compliment you on how good you are at that. Like I, I remember... I'll never forget when I started off in sales and I was struggling. I wasn't afraid to work. I knocked on doors all day long. In my first year, I made 20,000 calls, 70 calls a day and making calls, but I didn't make very many sales. And so then I asked this magic question. Mm. If I could wave a magic wand, what one skill would help me the most? Mm. And the answer was closing the sale. I had, I wasn't afraid of knocking on doors. I wasn't afraid of talking to people. Uh, I wasn't afraid of anything, but when they came to the close, I started to mm, tense up and and uh, be a little bit uh, nervous and stressful. And I say, I used to joke, is when you become a little nervous at the close, the prospect becomes nervous as well. Mm. The prospect picks it up and says, why is this guy so nervous uh, when he's asking me to buy? And so what do they do? They tell you, well, let me think it over. Leave me some information. Get back to me yeah. later. And so I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to close the sale. So I did what I call a full court press. I bought books, uh, courses. I learned, I studied the books on sales and the chapters on closing. And bit by bit, I started to make more and more sales. And I developed a whole series of techniques. Some years later, when I started professional speaking, mm-hmm. as I sat down, and I said, if I want to give a seminar, what would be the most attractive subject to the greatest number of people right now? And we were going through a recession at that time. And I thought, closing the sale, son of a gun. So I sat down and I wrote out from all my research, 24 techniques for closing the sale. Now there's more than a hundred, mm-hmm. but the 24 are the ones that I had discovered through practical experience are the best. So I wrote them down. And what I wrote was, this is what you need to do to set up the close, is you have to establish rapport, you have to make your presentation, you have to answer questions so and objections and so on, and then you have to ask for the order. So I came up with 24 techniques. I put an ad in the paper, and I was almost broke. I took almost all my, all my money, put an ad in the paper to offer a seminar on how to close the sale at a local hotel. And it was from 6.30 to 9.30. And wrote out a workbook. And, and uh, I, wa- I arrived at like 5.30. I 
at the hotel and there's nobody there. Six Ooh. o'clock, one or two people kind of strolled in. And by 6.30, I had 95 people who paid $75 each for my three-hour course. And it was guaranteed. I always guaranteed everything. I say, if you're not happy, you get your money back. And so people took me up on it. Mm-hmm. But very few people in my career ever asked for their money back because they were loaded with great information. And I had workbooks. So I had a beautiful workbook with every key point laid out. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted their money back, they had to give me the workbook back. And uh, on a couple of occasions, I say, okay, here's, here, I'll give you the money. Give me the workbook. And you look in the workbook, it's full of notes and notes mm-hmm. and notes and everything else. So very few people ever asked for their money back. And that changed, that changed my life. It yeah. was the turning point in my career. But I say the same thing. If you're in sales and business, you must learn how to ask for the order in a very professional, polite, friendly, competent, confident way. Mm. Because if you can't do that, nothing else will work for you. Mm. And, 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 and closing the sale is a skill. Every, stand, every, every single thing in business is a learnable skill. Yes. You can learn. Can you ride a bicycle? Can you start with a keyboard? Can you uh, do a podcast? You can learn any skill. And sometimes you're only one skill away from doubling your income. And here's oh, yes. the thing. If I say to you, Stan, you're only one skill away from doubling your income. And you always know what the skill is. Ooh, you nice. always know what it is. You say, son of a gun. It's this. If I was good at this, um, I could make twice as much as I'm making now. Good. Now, it may take you a week or a month or a year. It doesn't matter. But once you master the skill, the most important thing, and I'm just going, just free-flowing here. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Most important thing in life is your time. Because your time is your life, and it's irreplaceable. And once it's gone, you can't ever get it back again. So you have to ask this question, how many weeks, months, years am I willing to invest to earn twice as much as I'm earning now? Yes. With one skill that you just work every single day on this skill, and I study two to three hours a day, and I've done that for 50 years. I'm always learning. I get up in the morning and I study. Throughout the day, I study. I listen to audio programs in my car or now on my um, iPhone. Is I go to seminars and courses. Mm-hmm. I just keep learning and learning. And you can save yourself five to ten years of get to get to the same level of income just by learning skills. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the biggest problems we have in our society today. You're having a lot of problems, if you like, in the streets and so on. What is the main problem? The main problem is that the great majority of people are uh, do not cannot earn very much more money than they're earning. Mm-hmm. Is basically they struggle for minimum wage. We increase the minimum wage from eight to nine, from nine to ten. How about fifteen dollars and so on? You see all of these. Give me more money for doing what I'm doing, which really doesn't require any skill. And it never occurred to them that they can upgrade their skills. And, and the more if you, to, to, to earn more, you must learn more. Mm. And so what you do is I, I've uh, studied millionaires and billionaires over the years. And uh, I find that they have a certain a set of habits. And that these habits seem to be in common. They ask them, you know, how do you organize your life? What do you do each day? And there's the same thing. Number one, wealthy people get up early. 
What time do they get up? They get up, they get, get up before 6 a.m. Mm. And so what I do is I set my clock. By the way, each person has within their brain uh, an alarm clock. Mm. And you can make a decision. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and go to sleep. And at 6 a.m., bing, you'll wake up. And you don't need an alarm clock. You don't need <laughs> you just simply You just simply tell your yeah. mind, tomorrow morning, I wake up or 6.15 or 5 or whatever it happens to be. So I discovered that when I was just starting off, um, that you have this automatic alarm clock. So I never have to set an alarm. So mm -hmm. then 6 o'clock, and then what do you do? Get up. Get up and start moving. What I do is I get up and I exercise every morning, which gets you moving, yeah. gets blood to the brain and so on. And uh, I then plan my day. And, but I, and I read. This is the second habit that wealthy people have is they read about an hour a day or more. Mm -hmm. Read in their field. For example, that book on goals. Yes. And you can read chapter in and out. So therefore, uh, every hour, if, you, if you get up and read one chapter every day, you'll go mm -hmm. through that book in, probably in, in 12 days. Now you can read more if you like, but read one chapter a day. One chapter a day will turn into uh, uh, two books a month. Two books a yes. month is um, almost 50 books a year. 50 books a year is going to make you one of the highest paid, smartest, most competent people in your field. Let, 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 me, let, let me ask you this real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on like the, reading an audio book and an actual hard, like a hard copy book? Is there, do you, do you, did you find any difference as far as like the way we process that information? Well, in, 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 when you're sitting and reading and underlying, that's a particular way of learning. Mm -hmm. The other with audio programs is you have to be doing something else. Remember, we have three, we have, we have your mental mind, mm -hmm. your mind, and you have your physical mind. Your physical mind is what you do. You walk, you ride a bicycle, you uh, play sports, you do whatever you like. But the thing is, you can then learn at the same time because, because your mind is free. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't require any mental commitment to, 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 to engage in physical activity. So therefore, driving, walking, exercising, whenever you're doing something that is a physical thing, have an audio programs and learn at the same time. So become a, become a learning machine. Mm. Just become a person always learning something. So if you're sitting down, now sitting down, and writing requires concentration. You can't do anything else. You can't watch television and read and, and underline and learn. And by the way, underlining is so important. All my life I carry two pens, blue and red, blue and red. And if it's an interesting article or, or a book, I underline in red, underline in red. And uh, my kids always ask me, Dad, do you have a pen? I said, what do you want, blue or red? They know <laughs> that their father always has writing material because if you write something down, you capture it. Mm. If you don't write it down, you lose it. Mm. And so, so, so what you do is if you read something or attend a seminar or listen to an audio program and you don't capture it on paper, you will lose 90% of it within 24 hours, mm. no matter how smart you are. And I've worked with some of the smartest and richest hundreds of millions of dollars in richest people who started with nothing and they always write things down. Mm. They always write. They never sit down for a meeting without having a pad to mm. write. 
and uh, write it down, write it down, write it down. Let, 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 let me ask you this. Um, in, in your book, you made a, you talk about personality. And uh, if, if I'm correct, is, is our personality developed basically like how we were raised? Our, our childhood basically molds our personality. My, my, my question is, can you, how do you reprogram your personality? Because maybe some people might feel like their personality is keeping them back from exceeding. Is that, is that like false, like, is that a false belief? Well, the, the thing is, if you have a clear goal mm -hmm. and you work toward it on a regular basis, daily, daily, and you learn the skills you need to learn as you move toward the goal, you become a different person. Mm. It's almost like it's almost like you take your physical body and you decide that by God, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to work out 60 to 90 minutes. I'm going to use all of my body. I'm going to build muscles. I'm going to build uh, my uh, um, uh, respiratory system, mm. uh, I'm, I'm, my flexibility. I'm going to stretch. And if you do that within 30 to 60 days, you can have one of the best bodies in society. It doesn't take very long. So you can change your physical body by physical exercise. So by extension, you can yeah. change your mind, your personality, your attitude by mental exercise. Mm. You're going to work on your mind. Yeah. So basically, basically you're, just re, you're, telling, your, you're telling your mind how, how you want it to, to perform, I guess, and, and, and just reinforcing it daily. And then eventually you, you change. Well, here's something else, Stan, which you have found. I read your, your material. Is that, that there's something, and I began studying this many years ago. There's something in the mind, in the universe, is that you never learn something new without soon having an opportunity to use that, to apply that new knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's the most amazing damn thing. Say that you know, again. I say you, 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 you'll never learn something new without soon having the opportunity to use that new knowledge mm. to improve your life in some way. Mm. So you can take a subject of any kind and if you become, and it's very important that you're interested in it. Mm. If you're not interested, if it doesn't grab you, then you won't remember it. But if it grabs you and you start to learn about it, even if you're not doing anything in that area right now, an opportunity will open, a door will open mm -hmm. in the most remarkable ways. And it's exactly consistent with what you were studying. So, so like now you're studying goal setting. Well, now you're getting it for yourself. You're getting opportunities, but you're helping other people. Mm -hmm. You're teaching other people. You're helping them to achieve their goals. And if you, if, so if the very fact that you started studying goal setting has now made you sort of a, uh, uh, an engine of improvement for yourself yeah. and other people. You know, and, 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 and that you, that's so right on point because I, when I started getting into, because the way I, I kind of visualized goals was like, you know, write your goals down, you know, you know, 10 year goals, one year, kind of break it down. But right. the, the way you break it down, it's not, it's not so much, there's more behind it. And what I mean by that is personality, intuition, uh, the law of attraction. And I, I want to I go into that. What are some of the laws of life? Because I've heard law of attraction, but you bring up uh, the law of uh, correspondence. That's the first time I ever heard of that. What other laws 
are 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 there out there? I, I didn't, that's the first time I heard of law of correspondence. Well, there there are many laws. If mm-hmm. you have not read my book, uh, Maximum Achievement, you sh- you must read it. Okay. Because, uh, many people consider it to be the very best book on personal success ever written all over okay. the world. Um, uh, and this and the second thing, if you have not listened to my audio program called The Psychology of Achievement. Uh, just go straight to um, uh, Audible uh, okay. and, it and begin listening to it. It's interesting. My son lives in in Las Vegas, and we're now in San Diego. And he was here for the last three or four days, and we were talking about these programs. Mm-hmm. And he said he he said Psychology of Achievement, best program he ever listened to. It is the best single number one best selling success program in the world in something like 36 languages, psychology of achievement. And I just got a message. <laughs> I get messages all the time says I, I was struggling. I wasn't going anywhere. And then I listened to psychology of achievement and today I'm rich. I mean, yeah. and it was the turning point in my life and it explains all the laws, like the law of correspondence that yeah. you mentioned that our listeners might be interested in just simply says that your outer world corresponds to your inner world. If you think in a positive and constructive way, your outer world will start to attract to you positive and constructive circumstances. Mm -hmm. Everything is controlled by your thinking. And the only thing in the world that you can control is your mind. If you control your mind, then you control your life. And everything Mm -hmm. on the outside will harmonize with your dominant thoughts. What, what What are some, like, give me some examples of controlling your mind. Well, just thinking about what you want is a very simple thing. And it's, you know, that only 3% of adults have written goals and everyone else works for them. They make all the money. Why? It's because they know exactly where they're going. And what happens is if you have clear written goals on the inside, you see opportunities all around you to Mm. achieve the goals. If you don't have written goals, then you'll walk past the opportunities. You won't even see them. You won't even be aware uh, or alert to those possibilities. So therefore, my my favorite word in business is clarity. 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 Being absolutely clear about who you are. Uh, I just went through this with my son. My son is going through what you might call career changes. Mm -hmm. He's not sure what he wants to do. And I said, well, it's impossible for you to move ahead until you develop clarity about who you are, mm. who you are, what is it that you really enjoy doing? What is it that you want to accomplish with your life? And then you ask, what kind of work would be the very best work for me to do? And then you ask and say, what kind of skills would I need, I need. to do this kind of work to fulfill my own personal potential? Let, let, let me ask you, and, uh, what what go what's it what's in the mindset of, of of a career change? How does that like how like if you've done something for so long but you're like you know what maybe I can do something else? How does that what what's going on in our minds? Well, you, you, you know you 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 have changed. Well, you see somebody doing something and you say I could do that. Yeah, it looks like an interesting thing. Maybe I could do that. Or somebody gives you an opportunity and. And here's, a, here's an important point, is you'll never be successful until you're excellent at what you do, mm-hmm. until you're in the top 10% of your field. And many people will start off in a new field, 
but it's like a new sport is you're not excellent at it at the beginning. It takes a long time. Mm -hmm. It may take two, three, four, five years for you to excel. And many people think, well, I'm not getting uh, a lot of motivation from this. Well, you never get motivated by something until you're good at it. And so what you have to do is you have to pay the price to become good at what you're doing. And then if at that point you decide, well, I don't really like this, then okay. But many people quit before they become good at it. And mm -hmm. as a result, they never become good at anything. Yeah. I, I had an example. I, I got into real estate development uh, many years ago. And um, I was just like you. I was looking for a way to earn money. And, and I got into real estate development. And I found that I had a, a, an ability for real estate. And I read and read and read. I read more than 20 books. And these are the times when you go down to the library and you check out the books and bring them home. I read book after book and I took notes. And, and then I went out. And if you read books on finding a, an ideal piece of property, um, building uh, a rentable uh, property, renting it out, leasing it, and so on, is when you start to read, you start to see opportunities everywhere. Mm. And I found, I found a piece of property. It was a trailer park. And it was about 25 miles out of town in a small town. But I went to this town and one of the books said, sometimes your best opportunities are within driving distance of the major city. So I went out to this little town. I drove around and around and I found this trailer park. And the trailer park was the perfect size for a small shopping center. And so I went and I introduced myself to the owners and they had built this trailer park over the years. They were, they were farmers. They weren't very smart people. And um, they'd reached the point where they really didn't enjoy operating this mm -hmm. little trailer park. And I said, well, if I could find, uh, if I could uh, buy this from you, how much would you charge? And so they talked it over with their, their, their growing children and their lawyer. And they said, well, $500,000. Uh, we'd sell it for $500,000. So then I went around it, it was, it, and I just followed the books. People said, mm. how can you develop a trailer park with, I had two major tenants, the uh, major, large liquor store and a large grocery store, Safeway. Mm. And in the middle, I had restaurants. By the time I had finished a year later, the entire place was developed. There, I had, I had rented out or leased out all the property. Mm. It was the hot place in the city, in this small town. And people said, how did you do it? And the answer is, I just read the books. <laughs> the, the, everything that you would ever want to do, Stan, somebody has done and written about mm. it. And one piece of information will transfer, gives you an advantage in negotiating a lease. Your ability, for example, uh, many years ago, I read this one-liner. It said that if you're good at negotiating, you can save or gain about 20% of everything you do for the mm. rest of your life. So I said, okay, I'm going to become an expert on negotiating. And I read books and I bought books and I went to courses and I listened to audio programs and so on. And in a year, I was a really excellent negotiator. Mm. And, and today, I've got, a, you see all this stuff behind yeah. me. I have this many notes, about an inch and a half of notes on negotiating and negotiating styles, negotiating strategies, negotiating tactics. And I have taught negotiating to many thousands of people. Mm. And just one idea 
in negotiating may earn, earn you know, gain or save you um, hundreds, thousands of dollars. Yes. And it's, just, it's an essential skill that can change your life forever. And so there are some people, and I know them, they're just very good negotiators. And they just, they negotiate all the time. Mm. They go into a restaurant and they stroll into a table. They say, could I have that table over there? And why? Because that has a better view. It's against mm. the wall and so on. And they go to a friend of mine who's worth, he earns about a million dollars a month. And he loves to negotiate. He started off mm. working on a farm, on a blueberry farm, picking blueberries. And today he's wealthy, he's got real estate, property, everything, super guy. Anyway, we've traveled together on business. We went to the hotel and check in. And uh, just before he signs, he said, uh, do you have an, an executive suite uh, available? This is late in the day. Mm -hmm. Yes, they said, well, is it, uh, is it available? Said, yes, yes, it's available. Well, can I have the executive suite rather than this normal room? Well, no, no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> That, that, I mean, that's not possible unless you want to pay, you know, twice as much. No, no, I, I want to pay the same amount, but I just want a better room. And they say, well, well but you, well, can I speak to the manager, please? Mm. So now they don't know what to do. They go out and they bring the manager. And the manager says the same thing. Well, no, this is the room. You say, well, there's another hotel across the street. And why don't I just go over there? It's late in the day and see if they will give me a better room at the same price. Do you want me to do that? And there's two of us. Well, no, we don't want, because they realize they're not <laughs> going to get another person. For and we sit there and he's, but he's always very friendly and very charming and I'd really like a better room. I just don't think it's necessary to pay more because they're not going to rent the room anyway. And <laughs> every time, you know what they hotel? The hotel manager, the, the, the hotel manager says, oh, what the heck. Yeah. <laughs> and we get upgraded to, to, to executive suites, <laughs> rooms and a belt. You know, it's just unbelievable. And, and, the, the, and I've learned this, the very best business people, there, there was a very wise man who spent 54 years studying success. Mm -hmm. And he came up with a thousand success principles. And one of them was simply this, ask. He said, the most important word in your life is to ask. Ask for what you want. Yeah. Ask politely. Ask friendly. Ask warmly. Um, ask charmingly. Uh, ask expectantly. But always ask for what you want and just keep asking. asking. And, and I, I, I mean, I'm still, I, you, we, you and I have both been single. Yeah. And when we're single, we go out with uh, girls and we're looking for girls. And you find that I, I've had people who are jerks, sloppy, mm -hmm. uh, fat, uh, 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 um, irritated, and everything else. But they always had girls. <laughs> they always asked for them. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go back to your place. Let's go back to my place. And most amazing darn thing. So the most important word for success is to ask. Yes. Why do people ask? They don't ask because they're afraid of rejection. Mm. As you've seen from my material, the two major fears that hold people back are the fear of failure and the fear of rejection. The fear of failure is the fear that they uh, may not succeed, that they may mm. lose time or they may lose money and so on. And the fear of rejection is the fear that somebody will say no. And in business, in negotiating, in sales, if you have a fear of rejection, you're finished. 
You don't have a mm. chance because when it comes to asking, you paralyze. You just you, you yeah. these up. So what you do is you develop the habit of asking. Asking. And, and you, you don't even have to want it, but just ask for it as a habit. It's the point where you're always asking for what you want. Mm. And you ask again, and you ask politely. Don't be insulting. I mean, ask in a sort of a charming way. And my yeah. friend, I, I remember watching, <laughs> friendly and charming and, and nodding and smiling. And, and people say, oh, what the heck? And, and we, we have had, when I travel with him, I just kind of stand back while he, uh, we should all the side and then <laughs> ask for the manager and, <laughs> and gets an upgrade. So <clears throat> one of, you've heard that story about the guy who ch checks in and, and they say the hotel is full. Uh, yeah, now, now I know to, to ask. Yeah. Keep asking. I, I want to ask you one, a couple more things. You, you talk about, uh, let, me, let me look at my notes here. Uh, the cortex activating system, right? Uh, tell me more about that. That's something that I that I that I just discovered through through your your content. Uh, for, uh, what is it? What cortex? The say it for me. Well, it's the it's I haven't studied it for a frontal long time. frontal cortex yeah. activating. Yeah, and it's what happens is when you program a goal into your mind you start to suddenly see all kinds of opportunities to achieve it. But your job is to program the goal in. And then mm. when you program it, you just write it down. And then you activate this metal cortex and you start to attract. You start to see, you attract, you, you notice things, um, you have insights that enable you to succeed, but it's all, it's called your reticular cortex. Reticular cortex, yes. Your reticular cortex, and it comes, it's always activated by a goal. What do you what do you think is is one of the main things that throws us off? Because you know I've I've been I mean I have to admit like I've been on like this momentum where I'm like feeling good and I'm positive and everything's coming and then like all of a sudden like you're like oh man like it it's, it feels like you kind of lose the momentum. What what like what is that? Well, here's a really important thing that's that's in the book on goals. But what we have found is that. The key to a positive mental attitude is a feeling of forward motion, a feeling of forward okay. movement, like you're making progress. Mm. And sometimes I'll ask my audience, I'll say, what do you call a uh, person who runs in a race and comes in first? What do you call that person? Everybody goes, the winner? Yes. <laughs> yes. When the person comes in first, they are the winner. What do they feel like? They feel like the winner. Mm. Now, your job in business, for example, if you have staff working for you, is you want your people to be really up. You want them to be as positive as possible. Mm. So what you do is you structure the work so that the, there's a job that has a clear beginning and an activity and an end. Mm. And then you encourage them to complete the task. Now, if you complete a little task, you get a little jolt of um, adrenaline, uh, mm. and not, not adrenaline, I'm sorry. Dopamine. Uh, dopamine, and also, um, my mind just went blank on it, it'll come in a sec. But what happens is, and, th and this, this jolt makes you feel happy mm. and positive and gives you in energy. Uh, endorphins, that's what I was Endorphins, uh, okay, yeah. Endorphins is, is called nature's happy drug. 
So therefore, when you make one step toward your goal, it's like a little winner. It's like a little win. Yeah. When you complete the goal, it's bigger. If the goal is a big goal, then you get a massive jolt of yeah. endurance. You feel fabulous about yourself. So therefore, you, if you set a goal and then you make a list of the steps that you'll need to take to get to the goal, and then you take the first step, you instantly get a jolt. Mm, yeah. And when you take the second step, you get more. And so successful people are constantly working toward their goals. And every single time you step forward towards your goals, you get a little jolt, jolt. of endorphin. And so that's, the, that's why written goals with plans are so important. Yeah. Write down the goal and then write down the plan. Write down the goal. We say the three Ps is always say, I right. earn this amount in 2020. That is an instruction. That instruction, once it's written down, goes straight into your subconscious mind mm -hmm. and activates your superconscious mind. And then from then on, as you go through, you'll see opportunities to make that goal come yeah. true. Also, you'll attract into your life people and circumstances and coincidence. I, I remember I have I always have goals, and I'm sitting on the plane, and uh, the plane is full, and I'm sitting next to a person in the middle seat. Mm. He turned out, he's been a lifelong friend, turned out to be the, considered to be the top executive business coach in the United States. And he had going to Chicago, yeah. uh, and he had booked late, the plane was full, we sat there for four hours from San Diego to Chicago, and just talked the whole time. And we have been friends uh, ever since. And I've opened doors for him, and he's opened doors for me, and, and so on. But the thing is, the coincidence of me sitting in that seat and him sitting in this seat in, in, in coaching mm. was triggered because I had a goal to be more successful in a particular yeah. area. So you yeah. control your own life. It's when you write something down, it's like programming your subconscious computer to achieve this goal. Just like programming a missile or a rocket. When yeah. they program the missile and then they set it off and it will go Unerringly, there, there's a there's a an example that I use, and it may be in the book. Um, there was a, uh, a conflict in South America between mm -hmm. the British, who owned the Falkland Islands, and the Argentinians, and the Argentinians invaded the Falkland Islands to take them over. And Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister at that time, and she said, "We will not allow this." We will not allow this. But it's a small islands and it's at the other end of the world and everything else. Mm. It's the principle of the thing. So she sent the British fleet to um, uh, the Falkland Islands to take them back. The Argentinians made a deal with the French and the French provided the Argentinians with a missile called the Exocet missile. Mm. And the Exocet missile, it's, a, it's an interesting parallel or an analogy. The Exocet missile had a special characteristic is that you could aim it, target it on a target, like a, a plane uh, or a ship. Target it on it and you could shoot it from a long distance. And if that airplane went this way, the missile would mm -hmm. follow. If the ship went this way, the missile would follow it. So once the it was targeted on, it would always follow mm -hmm. until it hit it. So the worst thing that could happen is for you to be targeted by an Exocet missile. Uh, and so what they did is the uh, the British also had 
anti-missile technology and they basically wiped out the yeah. uh, missile launching sites and so on. You, you and I are the same thing, is if we are clear about a goal and we write it down and we write down the steps, and this is really important, write down the steps to achieve the goal and then take and pick the first step and work on that one step. What happens is we have now programmed ourselves like an Exocet missile. Mm. We will now start to move unerringly toward the goal. You don't, have yeah. to know, you don't have to know where the goal is, is you'll just find yourself somehow moving toward the goal and the goal will start moving toward you. It's the most amazing thing. And that's why that book Goals, by the way, people come up to me over and over again, all over the world after I've, I've been to a, a city and I've done a seminar, I come back and I've spoken in 84 countries. Mm. I come back and people come up to me and they say the same things in every country, every language, every interpretation. You changed my life. You made me rich. Yeah. You changed my life. You made me rich. And I say, well, you know, I talk about a lot of subjects. What was the one that helped you the most? And they always say, big smile. It was, <laughs> it was the goals. It was the goals. And, uh, and all over the world, I, see, I meet millionaires and multimillionaires and three billionaires basically started with nothing except my ideas about goals and then they became extraordinarily rich how, how, how transparent should we be with our goals to like our family members and friends well the people that you share goals with are the people who want you to achieve them mm. like my wife knows my goals I know her goals my kids know they tell me their goals and and I tell them my goals so I have, I have business partners that I work with and Everybody who wants you to achieve your goals, share them with them. And okay. it doesn't go talk about them uh, unless they can help you. But on, only talk to people who also have goals and want you to be successful. Yes. Don't ever talk about them to other people as you're moving around, especially people who may rain on your parade. Yeah. And say, Try to point out reasons why it's not possible. We got a pandemic virus and the economy sucks and everything else. Forget all that. Life, let me tell you a, a, a great story. <laughs> um, back in the uh, early part of the last century, the most powerful financier in the United States was a man named J.P. Morgan. Yes. And J.P. Morgan was a, a brilliant and he was so successful that when the United States government in the early part of the century mm. got into serious financial problems, they came to him to bail out the government. And he wrote a check to save the United States government from bankruptcy. Yeah. That's how powerful it was. Anyway, um, the market, stock market was uh, up, going up and down and the reporters came to him to interview and said, Mr. Morgan, Mr. Morgan, what's the market going to do? And he said, well, he said, I have thought about this uh, very carefully and I have determined that the market will fluctuate. The market will fluctuate. <laughs> and that's one of the best ways of describing our world today. Yes. You, me, pandemic virus and everything else. The world will fluctuate. It'll fluctuate. So what we do is we roll. We roll mm. it just like if you're skiing. Have you ever skied? No, I haven't. You have to. I'm have to go skiing with you one of these days. Yeah, well, skiing is really great. Skiing is you. You have to move like this. You have to keep to, 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 twisting and turning 
and twisting and turning. You can't just go straight down. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's not too hard to learn. But it's the same thing in life. It's your life it just goes this way and goes that way. And, and, and a lot of things don't work. And so what you have to do is you have to pull back and start over again and set new goals. Yeah. And I, I meet people who have come from other countries uh, to the U.S. and no language skills, no money, uh, limited uh, skills of any kind. But they know that in the U.S., in, in America, you can accomplish almost anything. Mm. So they come here and they start with nothing. And they start working at Joe Jobs. And they start to read and learn. And they say, okay, the first thing I need, I've got to learn English. If I want to be successful in an English-speaking country, I've got to master the language. And so they do. And then doors open up for them. And opportunities open up for them. And if you're really a hard worker at what you do, people want to help you. There's yes. a natural tendency within the average person. If I'm successful, I want to help other people to be successful. Yes. And they'll open doors. Hello. Hello. You there? There you are. Yeah. We had, we had a, we had a, what happened here? Can you hear me? Okay. Now I can see you, but you're in the dark. Can you see me? Yes. Hold on. Let me take this off real quick. Are you, are you, can you hear me? Are you playing around with, with the, with the camera? No, we had a, like a powder. I can hear you. You there? Uh, yeah, I I'm here, and I can see you, but you're in the dark. Yeah, can we you had a, hear me. We had a power outage. We had a power outage. Uh, all right. Well, I think our time is about up. Is there anything yeah. else that you would like to ask? Is there anything else I can do to help you? Not at the moment. Uh, I'll definitely follow up with you. I think we had we had a power outage over here. Yes. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was that, that was unique. Well, that's what happens when you don't. When <laughs> people have goals, they have a power outage. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're gonna. This is another obstacle, but it's not gonna stop us. And uh, and I, I want to thank you for your well, time. We talk. No. You there? Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you again.